0: Hey, you don't understand business. So, um, moving forward, uh, let's see, it would have been in 2004, five, right around that frame, uh, sold half the landscaping company to another couple that, um, they wanted to get into the business. So I said, well, I'll sell you half of it and teach you how to run it. Right. So... We did that, went really well the first year, actually made um, some great money compared to what we had been doing because I'd kind of let it fall off a little bit. And they said, um, and by this point in time, I'm down to just the half ownership, the landscaping, and the farm, and then we're doing construction work with my dad and my uncle and me, kind of ran a company together. And so um, I said, what are you going to do with your dividend check? I said, I'm... You can go buy a vinyl plotter. And and it, for those that don't know that, it was basically a cricket. They're known as crickets today. Just something I can cut my own vinyl. I had a passion for that for a long time um, through FFA and, and a sign guy I'd kind of worked with. I just thought, this is just cool. It's just a neat thing. And two days later, they called me and said, when you, you want to turn that into a business idea? I said, absolutely not. I want a hobby. <laughs> Well, we have an opportunity. Sugar, okay. What's the opportunity? Well, we got this chance to letter a whole bunch of trailers and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, we're going to need something bigger than a plotter. Let's go to Tennessee and buy a sign shop. (laughs) So
1: we drive to... I love the fact that you went from, uh, I'm going to have this $20 hobby to, uh, we should just go down and buy a business somewhere. Like... (laughs) We'll just, you go from zero to a hundred pretty quick.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you, yeah, you blurred learned that.
1: Well, it hadn't changed. That's good to know. No,
0: no. And so, so we do, we jump in the truck. We had to uh, head to Tennessee and uh, buy a sign shop, move it all back to Indiana. And uh, this other partner that we had, they had an embroidery business. So we were running the embroidery and the sign shop together and doing pretty well. And in the meantime, we decided to start a baby calf ranch up in northern Indiana. Well, back up a little bit. The ranch was there. We were bringing in the baby calves. So we have um, baby calves up there, and we're custom harvesting as well at the same time. We own a company doing that. And so um, doing the custom harvesting and the baby calves, and the guy that's raising our baby calves that's on the farm every day for us, he's Amish, comes to us and says um some of the neighbors would like to buy feed and drugs off of us oh my eyes light up I got my feed store right like this is a dream come true do you guys want to get into this business and I said well I don't know like um just gee it doesn't seem like we can make much money off of it you know they know what we're paying for this stuff how are we going to make any money and so they kind of had it all worked out and stuff and and the partners agreed to do this at the time. And uh, and it does okay, um, makes us some money. And um, anyway, the uh, the baby Kef side was kind of going to the wayside and the custom harvesting was having some issues. We were gonna split up the partnership. We have this feed and, feed and pharmaceutical business, what do we do with it. So my wife and I talked and we bought all the inventory and said, well, we'll run it. <clears throat> So we're, we're running it and it hadn't really got going yet. You know, it only been like a month or two and, and things hadn't got going, but we just kept it going. Well, like two months later, we're doing two, 250,000 a month in sales <laughs> out of a 12 foot by 12 foot room. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God, like retail's the easiest thing out there. This is this is the main thing. Give us money. Yeah, this is like, I can't, like, we're wheelbarrows full of cash here, you know? Like, what's going on? Now, our margins were tight. So there was that, but we we're making insanely good money and covering costs and all this stuff. So I go, um, gee, we need to open a bigger store. If a 12 by 12 room making 250, if I open 15,000 square feet, I'll be a multi millionaire. And in the meantime, I'm, talking with the owner of real king as well and he's telling me all these great success stories of his business so i start looking at a business in frank or a a building empty building in frankfurt and uh i casually brought it up to my then pregnant wife said hey we need to open this big store and she's like no i don't even want to talk about it so you know at that time, it took me 12 tries before I could convince my wife. I, I've gotten it down now. My number's not quite as high.
1: She's but, even came to you a couple times, I think, at this point. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: think Linda's quite you're, there you're, yet. You're a Is bad she? influence
1: on your wife, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> so
0: uh, I actually have the keys to the building. And I said, uh, we went out to dinner. She thought this was just going out to dinner. And I had a, I had a bit of a plan. Said, hey, you want to go over and look at that building I've been talking about? No, nah, no. Nah. I was like, well, let's just drive into the parking lot and look at it, you know? And well, we can't see anything. I was like, well, we go inside, turn the lights on. She's like, Well, it's not open. It's locked up. I was like, Yeah, I know. I, I have the keys. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, You you what?
1: <laughs> and that's when she found out you owned a building?
0: Uh, well, we didn't own it, but we did have preliminary lease agreements in place.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the that's start of the big hardware. Yeah. yeah. So, at that point, were there any like hard lessons that you had learned about entrepreneurship that that you didn't realize going in, or because you were at such a young age when you started businesses, was it just kind of?
0: I didn't have to learn the the hard lessons yet because. If my sales were down, it was fine because I didn't have rent. I didn't have, you know, to go buy groceries. I had a lot of luxury securities that I didn't realize I had. Now, by the time I'm going to to this building and starting a hardware store, um, business had been too easy. Like, we're making all this money at the feed store. I've got a pile of cash in the bank account for the business. Like, pfft. You know, this is easy. We're just gonna so, write write a check. So you your know.
1: your businesses up to this point had very low overhead. Yes. Very very limited startup costs. You weren't going to get a loan from the bank. No. Cash know?
0: money on everything.
1: So it it was profits only, essentially, yes. and just how profitable you could be. Right. At this point. So now you have a building. Yeah. And and, and you have overhead.
0: And it's year 2007.
1: Oh, well, that's a great year to open a business. <laughs> Highly recommended on my side of the table. Right. Uh, so, so you've got this building. Obviously, your wife is thrilled. Uh, probably right. super excited about the whole deal.
0: I'm sure contacted the divorce attorney at this point. Yeah, Just absolutely. to ask the preliminary questions. So,
1: so at this point, had you done a like a business plan? Had you like thought through <laughs> marketing or like... You know, worst case scenario is what an exit strategy might be. Did you know what an exit strategy was? No. No <laughs> exit strategy.
0: The business plan was cash fell from the sky. Because okay. like, that was the experiences so far. Right. like If we did a construction job or did anything at this point in time in sales and didn't make a few thousand dollars pure profit, it just didn't exist. Y- you know.
1: Well, and you were you were involved in businesses where the the client was coming to you purchasing yes. services a lot of times. Right. And so you didn't really incur any costs until you already had a sale made. Right. Right? Exactly. So now you're starting up a hardware store yes. where you're going to own inventory, you're gonna have overhead. Yep. So a very different business model from what you're used to. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how'd that go? Perfect. <laughs> it was it great? No so, sleepless nights at all, right? No.
0: We this point in time the bank goes, we're gonna need a business plan. I have a lot of cash. Like, that's my plan. I I literally was like, Well, I, I don't even know why we're talking to the bank, like we could just cash flow this thing. And we're talking, um, I think it was about three hundred and fifty thousand that I was going to borrow in inventory and I put six, 700 K in inventory and cash in. Like I thought this was a no brainer, right? So, um, we, we get done with the bank, we get through all that. We've got the partner, which I'll say most of the partner stories for our, our paywall. Cause you know, we want to educate our, uh, people, how, how partnerships work and <laughs> stuff, uh, behind that paywall. Um, so we, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think now how it all went. So, okay. This point in time, the bank needed to see uh, a business plan. Okay. The hardware vendor that we had gotten set up with, cause I knew true value existed, Ace Hardware, but I didn't want to be uh, a franchise hardware and they're not really franchise, but I didn't want to be that type of a hardware store. I wanted to be totally independent. The tool time, you know, hardware store, this is my, you know, my thing. And uh, so I'd I'd lined everything up on the feed companies, uh, the clothing companies. um, I had um, tractor parts and things. I'd lined all that up. But I need the hardware company for the bolts, the plumbing, the electrical, the paint, those type of things. And then we were put in the sign shop that we'd been building uh, in in with this as well too, and so we have um, the hardware company puts together Proforma and, and all this, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to be doing you know 1.2 million the first year in sales. You're going to be doing this by year two. You need to hire 27 employees full time." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, for this, like you know, I'm picturing like three guys behind a counter, you know, like right 27." Yeah, so in our program, you need so many cutting keys, so many doing paint, so many on the register, and they're they're justifying it all. And they're like, and on the pro forma, you can see you can easily pay all these people and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing at this point 300K a month at the other place. Like, sure, this got to make sense because this is a huge store, right? This is where we talk about being at the right time at the right place and the wrong time at the wrong place so we the first year um to do a kind of a soft opening we actually did a tool sale so we opened the building up we had a month-long tool sale for christmas and we sold power tools and so we didn't remodel the building. it's an old grocery store so we didn't remodel it we used the grocery store shelves rearrange it set up for this tool sale we got little kerosene heaters running to augment have some heat yeah you know and, and this thing does great. We make like, um, I want to say we did $30,000, $40,000 in tool sales. All right. Okay, this is a good test market to test the, the theory. This is going to work. Time to totally remodel the building. And at this point, we're, we're coming up on 09. Okay. So I'm remodeling the building. We're inventorying it, and we open... Um, June 16th of 2009. And, um, it was crickets. Like, I mean, you couldn't have pictured a slower store with 27 employees in it. (laughs) We, if we mopped the floors any more times, we were pulling the finish off. Like it was awful. And, and like a weekend I'm calling my hardware vendor going, what, What is going on? Like this is sign shops doing good. Like we're actually got some traffic on it. We got our customer base moving over. That's all doing great. Hardware is just like, well, we did $50 in sales today. Or we we had a hundred (laughs) dollar day. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. So we, um, (laughs) the hardware company didn't care because they had us on the hook for this inventory. Sure. that, That sell it. And they were, they were out. And so after a month, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, we're going to be bankrupt if I don't do something right now. I don't care what we do. I got to do something right now. So we, we get a, um, get hold of two different hardware companies and, uh, end up getting, uh, connected with house, house and hardware. And that's obviously for another podcast, but that's when it started to turn around. We got somebody knew what they were talking about, knew what they're doing. We started firing the dead weight, we started, you know, like, okay, time to like really clean this program up. Um, backing up, day before grand opening day, our partners walked out. And they came back grand opening day, that was a terrible mistake, but we let them back in. And uh, and then that gets worse, we'll save that for the, uh, the paywall. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's then how I learned how business really works and started Developing and, and I'm glad we went through that at the end of the day. Because
1: it's a learning process. Oh,
0: I mean, I've got my master's from Hard right? Knox University now. Yeah.
1: Like and it's expensive. Make it, no mistake about it.
0: Yes. Like we
1: you hundreds. as an entrepreneur will spend way more than you do on an MBA. Yeah. Uh, learning these hard lessons. But you were able to so part of it was your vendor. Right. Yes. The initial vendor wasn't a good partner for what you wanted to do. And so you found somebody else that, that would help you achieve your goals. Yes. Um, How did you go about finding a new vendor? Like what, what instigated it?
0: You know, the instigation was the, the lack of concern the other vendor had. They wanted to take us to the Mexican restaurant. My wife and I don't really drink, but they were all about, let's go to the Mexican restaurant, have some margaritas. No, let's, let's take you boys out back and teach you a lesson. (laughs) That's how we work around here. So we'd go to the restaurant and it just, it was BS and it was every week it was more BS. And I'm like, no, this, this is not happening. Like I, I seen it. I see it today that that same company, they have continued. They're not completely out of business, but they're on their way out. Um, And uh, so we, um, we had hit it off really well with one of the other vendors in the store that was a supplier for this hardware company. And I said, I know you can't comment on this, but I said, we're, we're going to be bankrupt in about two months if I don't make a change right now. I said, what are other hardware companies in the industry? And that's when he suggested House Hassan and another vendor that I won't comment on. <clears throat> so we met with both of them and just had a really good, great initial meeting with the one vendor. And I said, hey, here's here's my issues. Let's look at the store. And they're like, why do you have an aisle full of plungers? I'm like, I don't know. That's what they sent me. What should I have in here? I don't know. I don't know. You should nothing. have
1: nothing. Both of the plungers.
0: Exactly. <laughs> a kitchen plunger, a sink plunger, and a toilet plunger. That's what you need. And that was in 2009 when we opened it's 2023. I am still selling those same plungers today. <laughs> 14 years later. We were talking about gold plating the last one, like as a memorabilia piece.
1: So the initial sell of of hardware to you, those people were just trying to run up their numbers and sell yeah. you as much stuff as they could sell you.
0: Well, and, and even worse yet, they were taking... Things that were dead stock that they couldn't get rid of or things that, um, they could sell it to me. Like, uh, you know, plunger, uh, post COVID, I'm not sure pre COVID yeah, most plungers are $3, $5. Well, I, I didn't know. I didn't have anything to compare it to other than shop Walmart, real King, whatever. Right. And you know if they could sell it to me and get another dollar a plunger well times a thousand plungers that's good money for
1: them if you're selling yeah. them
0: yeah but they just dumped them on me so they right. sold them yeah. to me <laughs> you know um but yeah i just learned a lot of stuff real fast about they didn't give a shit about me you know they and, and the problem with a partner like that is that's why their business is going out today sure because they didn't care
1: well you can you can make great money on it once
0: exactly, <laughs> and and you know whether it's food or retail, construction, whatever. It's that repeat business. It's going back to those relationships again. I am still so mad at them today that I still offer any store that converts away from them free T-shirts for their entire staff. <laughs> I still do that promotion, <laughs> and the other hardware companies just think it's hilarious. <laughs> Cause I just, I don't care for them, you know? Well,
1: and for obvious reasons, you know, they were going to put yeah. you out of business Yeah, to, to put a little and, bit of money in their pocket.
0: And to further the thing was we gave them a budget of $75,000 when we pulled the plug on them. Now keep in mind, they had set part of the store cause I did all the apparel. I did the uh, feed Uh, The welding supplies, basically half the store, I brought everything in. About half of the other side, I went to the hardware shows and did what was called show buys. And I brought all that in through cash money on my own. So that $75,000 I'd given them was for a fourth of this store, essentially, at the end of the day. okay. Hey, this is not working out, guys. We got a new vendor. We need to settle up the debt. I get an invoice for $350,000. And I'm like, well, what's this for? Well, this is everything you've got. I've been open four weeks, and I haven't sold a total of $4,000. No way do we owe you this amount of money. So through a lengthy court battle, we proved our case and settled it for $5,000. <laughs> I think I can talk about that, but I don't care. Anyway, uh, yeah, we settled it. and um, So a
1: little bit less than 350000 Just is bad. what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah yeah
0: Uh, so um so we got it settled and uh we got the new vendor in there sales drastically turned around they knew how to reset our store we pulled all the plungers except for the two that we needed all to the back room started getting product in there that made sense for the market um, had an incredibly good sales rep um, that just came in and worked his magic on what we needed to do uh, again, we got rid of dead weight that wasn't helping us from a staffing standpoint. Um, we started to really refine our business hours because you know, we were open seven a.m. to nine p.m. Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday till ten on Fridays and Saturdays for a hardware store. And that in a small town, that's excessive hours. Yep. You know, um, today we're open from eight to five. You know, Monday through Friday.
1: Seems like we, plenty.
0: All we need to be. You know, and we do emergency services after hours. So, um, yeah, I mean, if it wouldn't have been for going through those learning curves, I mean, we, we picked up a lot in a hurry on how to, you know, whether it's dealing with staffing, uh, you know, for the HR side of it, I got an, an episode on how you're not to be a prostitute in the dressing rooms at a hardware store.
1: <laughs> so <you laughs> see, know, that's a fun story. <laughs> that's
0: right. Uh, and then we end up, um, getting out of that building because it was a lease and purchasing our own building and, and then continuing to build multiple businesses there. And then we added uh, multiple locations for the sign shop and, and then get into the
1: restaurant business. Cause. But realistically you were, you were a couple months away from not being an entrepreneur anymore. Oh yes. Very, very. And you know, you, you kept a level head yeah. retooled and took a different direction and yeah, over the course of time, you made it to where you are now. So yes. I, I think that's a great, it's a great <laughs> lesson for everybody because yes. it's not, you know, where you are now, if you're struggling a little bit, doesn't have to define where you are in five years.
0: It, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people go and they look and they say, what well, must be nice for this or must be nice to be able to do that? Or, oh, you, you have no idea what we've done to get to this point yeah. or what we still do to maintain that too, you know?
1: And I think that's a, that's an interesting point for entrepreneurs, whether you're in it now or whether you're thinking about doing it, you know, there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and and we've talked about it several times already. Yeah. Um, But there's a lot of things that go into, you know, making yourself successful and whether that's, you know, putting in extra time to, you know, learn a new skill or Mm -hmm. researching a new product or a new vendor or, right. or just evaluating how you're doing with your current business and how you can make it better, and yeah. making changes to it because things change all the time right um, you know I'm, I'm sure we're going to do an episode on AI at some point, but oh, sure. you know there, there's so many things now that are coming out and so rapidly um, markets are changing, yep. the way you do business is changing um, that I think that if you're not evaluating that stuff you're going to miss. You, yes. you may miss the boat entirely on oh, some yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's an interesting step back in your journey to just yeah learn a little bit about like, it, it's not always coming up roses, you know, right. and just because it looks successful now doesn't mean that, that it was always that way. That oh yeah. You know, and it's never easy.
0: No, no, <laughs> not at all. In, in a lot of, uh, Sleepless nights. I mean, we had embroidery jobs that were, you know, we got a contract for a very large vendor on the embroidery side. That's when I had one. So not to get into the partner side, but when we split one of the partnerships, they actually came in and stole all the equipment in the middle of the night. And it was considered a theft because of how they went about it, right? And so I have customers coming in the very next day. Hey, how's my hat coming? How's my whatever? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, but we've had some machine failures in the back and it's been slightly delayed. And let me uh let, let me get with you on it. This is on Monday. This happened on a Sunday night. What what do I do? You know, what you, I've never embroidered a thing in my life, right? So I'm like, uh, there's got to be a business for sale somewhere. So Oddly enough, off to Tennessee we go again and buy an embroidery shop.
1: Just for their equipment.
0: <laughs> Just for the equipment. And it was a retired couple. They were awesome. They knew we literally drove Monday night through the night, got there like Tuesday morning at like seven in the morning or something. Um, because I had to close the store on Monday, I had people to work on Tuesday. So I drive down through the night get there. And I'm like, I don't even know how to turn the machine on. He's like, Oh, you never embroidered No. He's like, so he yells at his wife, fix some breakfast. We're going to be a while. (laughs) So they fix us breakfast. And, uh, and he teaches me how to embroider in like three hours. And we (laughs) load the truck, we haul it all back, (laughs) unload it, Middle of the night Tuesday night and at like one in the morning on Wednesday morning I'm running and running jobs that were supposed to be done, not having a
1: clue what I'm doing. But you make and it work, yeah. And that's you make it how, work.
0: That's how I learned. And uh, and and you know here we are now we have an entire embroidery production facility. You know, <laughs> and but what was going with the the long nights was. One of the clients that I had gotten over, again, relationship building, he's like, well, we should totally be doing our embroidery with you. And I'm like, yeah. So we start doing our embroidery. I have one machine at this point in time. And we're doing production for a factory of, I don't, I don't even remember how many. I, I mean, we were doing hundreds of jobs for him, hundreds of jobs. And uh, so finally, after we'd been working for him for about a year, he happens to stick his head in a production room. He's like, oh, where's, where's your equipment? Oh, that's it. That one machine. He, go, he gets this look on his face. He goes, no, really? Where's, where's your equipment? I said, well, there it is. He's like, how do you handle our big jobs? I said, well, I sleep here all night. And I run the machine all night long. He's like, not anymore. You don't. <laughs> and and he's, he started bringing us pizza at night, you know, when he knew we were running at night, but he said, you're, you're going to go buy four new machines tomorrow. And he's like, you took this job, this account from a company that had over a hundred machines and you're doing it with one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that that kind of proves the tenacity that it takes to be an entrepreneur. Like you have to, it's not enough to have a vision of what you think your business should be. You have to have the willpower and the drive to actually make it that way. Right. And I think that it's it's very telling. A lot of the entrepreneurs that I talk to, that's the thing, right? Like yeah. they, everybody has that story of like yes. staying up late one night to like finish this project to make sure that oh, it's yeah. right for that one important client to make sure that they're happy, yep. right? Yep. I had a, uh, I had an owner that I worked for at an independent restaurant and he he had a guy that would come in and he told me when I first started that whenever uh-huh. this guy comes in, he eats for free. I don't uh-huh. care what he gets. It doesn't matter. Right. And it turned out that early in his business career, that guy, he had, he had, he had gotten to the end of his payroll. And he just right. needed a little bit of money to get him through. Uh-huh. And he went to this guy and explained what the situation was. And this guy was like, you know, I can, I can loan you this money for, for two weeks if you uh-huh. can pay me back in two weeks. And he loaned him the money with no expectation of getting that money back. Right and, right, and the guy that owned the restaurant just worked himself to death to make sure that he could pay this guy back. Uh-huh. And he, he ended up with a very successful restaurant, and he ended up actually having having five restaurants. And he, okay. he did a lot of real estate investing. He was actually a real estate guy. But right. he never forgot that guy because that was kind of his bottleneck, right? Right. He could yeah. have gone out of business, and that would have been the end yeah. of, of his whole enterprise. But because this guy saw that he was willing to do what it took to make his business sure. successful, he had loaned him a little bit of money for two weeks. And ever since then, he's eating for free at the <laughs> restaurant. But, you know, he you you never know it's a relationship thing right sure. like he trusted that guy to go work and and make sure that he got paid back so yeah. he was willing to loan him that money and i think that a lot of entrepreneurs have that story of of just going after it and being tenacious and taking yep. away business from somebody that's bigger that yeah. That just doesn't appreciate it anymore. Oh, yeah. You know? yep. And I think that that's that's an important lesson. Like, yes. everybody gets that <laughs> one. Uh, but I think that's a good story, Terrace. Um, so, you know, do you have a, a final story that kind of sums up your your entrepreneurial journey at this point? Um, something that kind of encapsulates who you are as an entrepreneur today?
0: You know, I think normally I try to do you know, keep it light and airy, you know, uh, and, and I, and that helped, that's one of the things I learned in my stress management, uh, you know, cause, um, it's not that I don't get stressed anymore. I just, I feel like I most of the time can deal with it better sure. <laughs> than what I used to could. Uh, I think that's a word, but I think, you know, talk, talking about that story of somebody giving you an opportunity, um, this is harder than I (laughs) thought I had um, an employee that worked for me and she struggled with a disease and uh, her dad and I are are, uh, good friends and uh, she ends up passing away and so I I didn't know what to do to help so I um, called him and just talked with him and you know what what can i do i got i got to do something and she was an incredible hand artist she didn't do that for me i mean i i wish she had i she had an incredible hand and so i wanted to do something for her and her family and uh he said well can you make a banner and we'll hang it on uh the back of the hay wagon that they were going to take her to the grave site with i said absolutely and so I tried to make it something that would have matched her style and uh and they liked it so well they they end up hanging it in the funeral home behind the casket and uh and it you know goes with her well her uncle which um you know, him and I are now good friends, too. And, and I knew him at the time, but uh, we weren't, you know, really close at the time. And, and he said, hey, I um, really appreciate what you did. He said, I got a small project for my company. Can you do it for me? And it was a windshield cover for a speedboat. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Like, where do you even begin customizing a windshield cover for a speedboat? And I thought, well, we'd bought some new equipment, and eh, it might work. It may not. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I can, but why not? I'll try. You know, this is the jump in, right? Sure. And I said, the worst I can do is i got to buy you a new cover for the speedboat. So he brings it to me. We do it. And we get it done. And uh, then he... um, I think it was done upside down. We didn't. Neither one of us realized it the way it fit on the boat. <laughs> but we knew we could do it at this point in time. Sure, sure. I'll buy. You know, let's buy another one. We'll we'll do it. So we do another one. I think maybe we even did a third one because they ended up wanting two of them. And uh, he came to me later and he says, "The company that he's with is a is a large company, incredible company. I I want them involved in the podcast at some point because they." I've learned so much working with them. And, uh, so he just says, you're the only vendor that would even try. And I said, well, it's just, that's what we do, right? That's what we're supposed to do is try. Yeah. And, uh, and help each other. And so he just kept introducing me to other people and it's our largest account now. And I mean, I wouldn't be anywhere near where we're at today if it wasn't for that account. And, it's all because of doing something for somebody. And I think that's, when I talk about our goals changing in life, and I, and I talk to young people, and they all want the, the big fancy house and the fancy cars, and that's all great, you know, that, you know, to a point. And I say, don't chase the money. Chase your passion. Don't go to college because somebody thinks you need to go to college. Go to trade school. Go to welding school. Go to beautician school. Go to the police academy. You know what? Whatever it is that you're passionate about, the money's going to come. You know, yeah. and and drive that. Now, if it's you want to be a doctor, let's go to med school. You know, <laughs> you, you <laughs> I,
1: can't just say you're a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know,
0: uh, I just pretend to be one on TV. <laughs> uh, you know? So you know, that's my biggest goal is you know don't focus on the money side focus on helping the people and and find those niches in your community or your area what's missing what's lacking and you're going to make the money it's going to come with it so I
1: I think that's a good lesson it's a good lesson for everybody (laughs) so well Terrace thank you so much for uh giving us your time and letting us kind of pick your brain a little bit about some <laughs> entrepreneurial uh, topics and, and given us kind of your history and your rundown. Yeah. Um, it was, it was fun. It was good. I it appreciate was. it. Where can, uh, where can people find us?
0: Well, at you don't That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that sounds like a great spot.
0: That's exactly right. So, and when people go, well, where, where's that again? It's you don't understand So, just to play on word not an insult to anybody so
1: well thank you everybody for uh, joining us again and uh, we'll be back soon with another uh, great podcast
0: absolutely we'll get to uh, learn a little bit more about mr jackson sounds great <laughs> have a good day hey you don't understand business